Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19. I'm just, where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? I, they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally like he dropped Superman down like the drain. Comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big MLB show. Good to have you with us. Um, good to have you with us from the Dave in the City studios at the home of champions. Southern California. Well, uh, we have a really big show for you tonight. Um, it's good to have you back on the Dick Cow Flip on Dick Cow Football. I recognize we have not talked about football in about two months, but you know the off season is not always <laughs> that exciting. So uh, we should give it back to we should give it pivot back into football in a week or so when we do our college football preview program with Ron in New Jersey and John in Connecticut scheduled to join us for that. Tonight, we're going to be hanging out with our friends Jerry, Will, and Andy in Seattle, and uh, they'll be talking about what happened at the trade deadline. But before we get to them, let's uh, take exception to Kev's comment in the chat, but good to see you anyway in the chat tonight. It's, it's The news last yesterday, Ben Scully died at the age of 94. He lived a full life. I mean, obviously, it is far from an untimely death. He had lived life to his fullest. He had had a great career, 67 years with the Los Angeles Dodgers and many memorable years with other networks, uh, with other teams and other networks, uh, but particularly at CBS and at NBC, had an incredible run broadcasting national events for those two networks um, in the 70s and the 80s. And um, his legacy is undeniable. He's, for a lot of people, the greatest broadcaster of all time in baseball. And it's, it's pretty... It's pretty amazing, you know, the, the impact he's had on the sport of baseball, on the, on, um, on broadcasting, what he's done to inspire so many people to do what they do on the radio, and it's really interesting that for at least on the when he was with the Dodgers, like he, he would just do it by himself. That was always one of the quirky things about him, like he didn't have someone else to talk with him. And you, you people wondered about that, like why doesn't he just have someone else to chat with during this? But it created a very interesting experience, and we got into this when he, the year he uh, retired from the Dodgers. Um, but it, instead of talking to some other guy in the booth, ha, some other guy, Kev, uh, he talked to you, literally just talked to you, watching or listening to the sh- to the broadcast. And it's a very unique, intimate experience. And I think by watching him do games, it almost as if he was hanging out with him at the porch talking about baseball and there just happened to be a game in front of 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 both of you but he also called the game really well he was very vivid in the way he was able to describe action particularly when he was on radio most people didn't really catch the the complete feel of that because when he would do national games he didn't need to say all the words in fact he was well known for not saying any of the words like he was really good at just say letting the pictures tell the story but when he needed to describe the action he was extremely good at it extremely good to the point where 
you you knew exactly what was happening. You could even tell like what the sweat in the guy's brow. You could tell, you know, what what everyone's what everyone's reactions were. It's pretty impressive when you think about how far away you are from the action when when you describe a baseball game, and you're probably hundreds of feet away from any of these players. So to be able to do that with that kind of detail, it's pretty amazing. But to do it in a way um, that makes the game exciting, building up the moments, building up the emotions of the game. Um, I just haven't had a chance to really get into all this in the last 15 hours, but it's just, it's such a huge loss for baseball. Um, he, he went out on his own terms, which I think is just fantastic. I'm so glad he got a good, solid, I guess we would call it six years of, um, being able to enjoy his family and do the things he loves to do outside of baseball. And I think that's so important. What he represents in terms of him being as a, being a human, a family man. He had many, many children, many, many grandchildren. He had his wife, Sandy, who unfortunately um, passed away uh, a year or so earlier. And, and that had to have been so heartbreaking. He loved her to death. Um, that is so sad. So, But all in all, it had been an incredible life. And you look back and you, you, you smile a little bit. Even though he's gone, you... It, the, he got the chance to leave to, to live the rest of his life on his terms and I think that really that really means something I think in a world where I don't think you really even have control of your own life a lot of the time I think it's so important to have someone who did things his way and thrived on it but was also humble enough to let the moment be the story and not let him be the story too many broadcasters put themselves into the broadcast and if you want me to name names, I will name names. I will name, uh, I mean, John Sterling's the biggest example of that. Like, I just, his shtick is irritating, but I mean, I can appreciate it too, but it's just a different, it's just a different cup of tea. But I really like how Vin Scully did baseball. I loved him. He, not, he was very personable. Like, it was not to say that he's impersonal and didn't care. He wasn't no Pat Summerall. He wouldn't just go and it's like, first down. <laughs> You know, um, you know, he was very good at like bringing enthusiasm and vigor into the moment, t talking about where this person came from. Uh, he grew up poor. He only had like a cardboard box to, for a glove at, in, when he was a kid, and from that he learned how to how to throw. Like, I mean, these stories just make the game so much better. And he did this on a local level, but it just never felt like. It was just some podunk broadcast because he had the gravitas to make everything matter. And no matter where he was, whether he was doing speaking at events or um, if, if he was just at the grocery store just chatting it up with the, the, the clerk, I mean, it always just seemed like it was more important because he was involved. And he just had that voice that, made, that is able to do it so professionally and polished and yet simultaneously seemed so relatable and and uh, jovial and he was always had some good funny lines too just, just he was always had a good sense of humor about things uh, there's just never going to be anybody else like him um and it was obvious even when i was young when i was young when i was really young i guess i'm not old but when i was much younger that everybody else in la who was doing who was doing games they're all they're all retired obviously and and obviously one of the two two of the three are no longer with us but the, the benchmarks of uh of uh, LA broadcasting in sports when when I was growing up, Chick Hearn, Ben Scully, and uh, Bob Miller, who does the LA Kings, and so they had a roundtable 
22 years ago now. 22 years ago. A long time ago now. But even back then, like, they would really look up to Vin Scully as, as if he was just an, an, on a completely different level. And you're talking about greats of greats. Two other greats in broadcasting in their respective sports. The guy who invented the term slam dunk, okay? And then you had another guy who was the face of the Kings for such a long time. And then um, he was just... He was the Kings for a long time because the Kings were terrible. Like, he was really all they had for a while. So between those two guys, them looking up to Vin Scully is pretty amazing. That just really shows you, like, how big a deal he truly was. But he did it with a lot of hard work. He didn't do it just by coming into the room. And he didn't always act the part. He always tried to make the moment the star. And by doing that, he just made himself a bigger star. It's just funny how that worked out. So... Um, that's, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's gonna be a tough one for all of us. I mean, as we were saying, like, he, I probably am not as, like, I'm not teary-eyed to the point I was when Chick Hearn died, because that just kind of came out of nowhere, even though he was as old as he was. It just did, because, like, we just didn't expect that he was gonna stop anytime soon, even though he was showing, he was showing signs of, like, like, uh, kind of losing his fastball with his broadcasting, but Vince Coley never really did that. He just kind of he didn't let that happen. He he went out when um, right before he, that could have happened, and he had his moment, and that's what he wanted. He wanted a chance to to do to go out his way. He didn't want the life to take it the way moment away from him. And despite that, he still had a career of sixty seven years with the Dodgers from going all the way back to when they were in Brooklyn. So I mean that's just it's pretty phenomenal. So you know I'm. Uh, to say that we're going to miss him is a complete understatement. He represented such a panache and objectivity in broadcasting that no longer exists, and they'll never exist again. And it's a it's a shame. Like, I I understand that you want to get people want to get attention, but it's very painful sometimes to see the complete homerism, even in your own market of pe- teams that just kind of un- uh, insult your intelligence and how much you value just calling it like it is rather than telling me the story you want to hear i'm not here for information if a team stinks the team stinks you gotta let me know and neither chick hearn or bob miller nor ben scully ever gave into that they're like they're playing terrible they would tell you they're playing terrible they would tell you what's that that it's a struggle boy this is really tough Ben in particular he would always go Man, they are really well. They're really struggling tonight. I mean, it's been a tough. It's been some tough sledding. They can't hit these pitches. This this just been a, it's just been a tough tough week for them. I mean, and he would always give credit to the other team for doing something great. And things like this are are valuable to me, even though folks maybe me overlook it and what have you. But anyway, I mean, so many great moments, so many great quotes. We're gonna get into this a little bit later in the show when we bring uh, when we bring Andy and Jerry. Well, Andy joins both Jerry and I um, for some more coverage of that, but it's it's just been, yeah, we've been rocked. Even though, I mean, again, it's it's not an untimely death by any means. Like we knew it was coming, but I think you can look back and just as Vince said himself when on um, the year he retired, he would tell all, he told all of us, you know, don't don't be sad that it's over. Be be grateful that it happened, and we really are. And uh, so we're gonna miss Vince Scully a lot, and. Um, and I'm grateful it happened. I'm glad that we've had the blessing of having his his presence for so many years, doing so many great calls, so many great games, 
And uh, it's amazing that someone can have that kind of reach, especially today where baseball is super regional, that people still really know who he is. That's amazing. That's remarkable. So never be another Vin Scully. Well, we'll get more into more of this a little bit later. So um, let's pivot to the conversation of baseball talk. It was the trade deadline. I'm looking for my recap article. I lost it. But let's go over to Cap. Jerry Will, welcome in. It's good to have you back. How's it going tonight? Hey, Dave. Uh, thank you for having me, man. Been excited about this show all week. I apologize. I'm a little late. I went out to dinner and hit crazy traffic, bunch of detours. But right. um, I did parachute in on your Vince Scully stuff, and I know we'll probably talk about it later. But um, just a quick story, and I, I know I posted on the board. But when I used to live in Jersey City, I remember watching a you know the Yankee games and then – um, watching the post game and kind of laying in bed and, you know, I got the city view there. I kept my window, my, my blinds up and I would go to MLB network and I'd be lucky enough to have the the Dodgers in their early innings, um, on MLB network. And I would always make sure to like, appreciate that. I would stay up. I would listen to Vince Scully, but I also would keep my TV on and I would go to sleep to Vince Scully. And just, it was just a perfect storm of, um, you know, the atmosphere of the city lights and Vin Scully. And it just, every time I was able to be fortunate enough to turn on MLB network and the Dodgers were on after the Yankees, that was always like a tradition of mine. I always kind of slept with the TV on. So he's the greatest that's ever done it. God bless him. Um, and like you said, we are happy that it happened. Um, so, you know, God bless him. And, and we're fortunate enough to you more than me, because, you know, you live in L.A. and I'm sure you I'm sure you experienced it more than I did. But, you know, even for me in this little pulpit here in New York, New Jersey, I was very fortunate enough to get somewhat of an experience of hearing Vince Scully. You know, Cap, I, as well said, though, I would have appreciated that same story on the Discord, Cap. Come on, man. Don't be a stranger. I mean, you don't have to. You don't Dude, have to I, I, I don't make... even go on like my, my Discord's all muted. Dude. It's all. First of all, Dude. I'm very down on crypto because i lost a shit ton of money so i don't even open up my discord and i'm very like i don't know i don't know if it's like i'm just super pissed put it on a tab put or put just put the link to just the discord that we do on a tab you can do it on my computer yeah you can do it on the computer just go to the specific i always use my i always use my phone yeah yeah, i probably do it on my computer yeah but dude the board the board the board has like a new like look and you know it's pretty cool I heard about it. Well, good, good, yeah. good on him. Good on him. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, thank you for the kind words as far as uh, Ven was concerned. I mean, it, it's what I really, I think what both of us missed out on was his national work. Those were before our time, like when he did That's the true. NBC games. Like, oh, that must have been amazing. I, I mean, I think yeah. folks like V Tread were there when, like, when he had the roller up along third, roller up along first, and then um, with the Mets having the win against the. Um, Against the Red oh, yeah. Sox, the Red Sox, Buckner's, yeah, <laughs> Buckner's like ball went under his leg and all that, like things like that. Like it must have been that we really missed out on, like just having the grand stage of the World Series to be able to make calls like that. You yeah. know that that's just that's very special, and his ability to bring that same enthusiasm to teams that aren't his own team, it's pretty good too. But anyway, we'll get more of that. We'll it, it was something. It was something about his voice, man. And it's you I mean, know yeah. Michael K said it today. It was almost like he was singing to you. When he had a conversation with you, it was like he was singing with you. He just was special human, man. Great guy. And I yeah. haven't, I have not um, touched base with you. I mean, I have talked to you, obviously, but mm-hmm. did you get involved in any of the All Star Game um, festivities down in LA? Or yeah, that's a, yeah. 
Yeah, I should be kicked off of both of the, but I should be kicked <laughs> off of Discord and this podcast. I didn't jump in on any of that, and I could have too. That's what was so ridiculous. Really? Like I could have. They had face value tickets for the all, all the home run derby. I'm like terrible job. How, how Ter- much were face value tickets? I think they were right around two hundred bucks or less. It was a little bit less than two hundred, which is not bad. Like, not bad. Not, right, bad. not bad. You know. Yeah. So just a yeah. uh, terrible job out of me. I just wasn't, for whatever reason, I just was like, eh, I gotta come. Weren't into work. it. I wasn't. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, how far are you from Chavez Ravine? No, no, it's not far. It's not far. It's just like it, there's. It's a commitment, just because you got to get through the parking and all that. But that's that's not a good excuse. I could have done it's a late it. Late night. Yeah, you could have done it. You could have just. I could have just taken a day. It could have taken a day off work. It was my. I had to work from work that day, but for the home run derby anyway. It's gotcha. not a good. Not a good excuse. Not a good excuse. Gotcha. I poorly produced. Would you have done it if it was the Yankees? Uh, it, so it depends. When they had it in two thousand eight, I didn't. But I was also you know, a lot younger then. Yeah, yeah. Um, now if it's in the Bronx, maybe, maybe I would, I would, I would take the opportunity to go and do that. You said maybe. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot because it's a. I think it's a lot harder for me. If I lived in Jersey City, absolutely, I'd be there. It takes me twenty minutes to get from my apartment to Yankee Stadium. But I live mm-hmm. down by the Jersey Shore now, so it's it's uh it's a little bit of a pain in the ass. You gotta drive to Jersey City or. To be honest with you, to drive to Yankee Stadium, it's only about 50 minutes. But then you can't drink, you can't hang out after because lots closed. So it's a little bit of a pain in the ass. I mean, I I would like to say now, like say next year, the All Star Game was in the Bronx. I would like to say yes, that would be a part of it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I'd be Kevin on the Capes in the chat with us tonight. I'd be very hey, curious. What's up? <laughs> it's good to see you, Kev. But look, I'm curious as to whether he would be whether he'd be ripping me for this too. I mean, it's probably going to be another 40 years before they come back, to be honest with you. After <laughs> I sort of, I don't think the attendance was that good, but um, I'm not sure. Did it look good to you? Like, did you think the crowd was good for either I, event? I didn't think it, I didn't think it was bad. I thought the, all, the uh, home run derby had some juice, man. I thought it was, uh, it was pretty exciting. I yeah, mean, a lot of years it it's not, it was pretty exciting with some of the young, the young blood and, Obviously, pools in there. I I enjoyed it as a baseball fan. I enjoyed it. You know, Soto's comeback was pretty pretty sick, right? That like, was. It was man. a great comeback. Yeah, yeah. it was. I was. Watching that, like that was. was awesome. It was awesome. It would have been nice yeah. to be in the building. So dumb. <laughs> <laughs> right there, but but anyway. Hey, for for forty years down the road, man. When you're like sixty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I might be seventy. I think when that happens. Shoot. Yeah, you. I, I was oh. giving you a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate you. <laughs> How you been, buddy? I mean, how's everything, man? It's I've been good. good. I've been good. I, I, it's, I, I definitely need to get back into baseball, but I'm getting into it as far as the fantasy is concerned. Like we're doing great with the fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. DFS hey, too. Hey, dude, that that you know, uh, Julio Rodriguez was a big ad. You've been crushing it, and it's it's good to see when I open up my TikTok, see yeah. you crushing it on, on Twitter. <laughs> thanks. Dude, you're. <laughs> I know. I'm. Keep, be- keep it up, man. You thanks. you built a really nice niche there, and I know you enjoy it, so I'm happy for you. I'm a surp- I'm shocked how many people enjoy that the TikTok stuff. <laughs> just, I'm just like, let me just do it and just just being goofing around. And your Twitch is awesome, man. Whenever I like pop into your Twitch, it seems like you're doing really well. Hey, so. thanks, buddy. Like, I, I, that's you. yeah, it's really nice of you to say. You know, I know I realize that's where a lot of focus is right now, but it's just so fun to get to know new people, and it's like it's really, absolutely it's it's a really cool community they've got over, that, that Twitch has going. Um, but uh, let's see. Oh, you can't even sign into the new board, Kev. Oh, bummer. Why not? Ah, no, he figured it out. Never mind. He got it. Ah, uh, okay. Anyway, it's funny. I I couldn't either at first. I was like, how the hell do I do this shit? But well, that's that's why I'm kind of like 
Look, we're not going to get into that tonight. We're going to keep going to stay on topic, but it, they never make it easy. It's just not an easy place to well, be. I'm just so I'm just so used to 15 years at one website. So like opening up that website and seeing something brand new kind of blew my mind. I mean, dude, I was posting on the website since 07. I mean, and then we obviously moved. So about 09, it's 2022. So I was so used to that. And I was like, okay, where the fuck do I find the thread? How do I sign in? But figured it out. What would happen? I'm going to say this for the end of the show. I don't want to get into this now because people who are watching on YouTube aren't going to understand what we're talking about. So let's just get back on topic. So Juan Soto, who won the the home run derby, he did get traded. He didn't get traded to the Yankees, though. He went to the Padres, which um, I don't know. I think it's a pretty solid call. People were kind of tweaking it like, well, what are they going to do? They're going to go from like third to second. But 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 it's also about the next two years. He'll be there for two Correct. more years on top of that. So that yep. I think that's a pretty good deal for the Padres. Hosmer did not want to be involved in that trade, so a whole lot of other shit happened. Like in, that's crazy. Josh Bell had to be traded instead, and then um, Hosmer ended up going to the Red Sox. Red Sox, yeah. And Luke then Boyd ended up going to Washington. It was a mess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then um, it really was. It was crazy. So they also got. I don't know. I uh, I don't know if this is a separate deal, but they got but the Padres got Brandon Jury, who's whatever. Yep. I don't, nothing to talk about there. But it's crazy because Brandon Jury's having a good year, and they got him as like depth. Like the Padres yeah. just went all in. Hater, Soto, Bell, Jury. Like it's insane. They literally built a new team. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's having a good year. I'm sure. I mean, who's the other guy that's having a good year? I think our, our guy Willie Adams is having a good year. I mm-hmm. don't know if it's gonna carry over. Kind of same deal for Jury, but good for him. The th- thing with Jury, I think it could be his year might be a little bit aided by the Reds' ballpark, but still, I mean, it's it's a good depth piece to have, and you know, anytime you can get, dude, I would have, I might be in the minority, but I would have literally changed one of our minor league team names to whatever. I would have given everything for Juan Soto. He's a 23 mm-hmm. year old generational left hander that probably is going to be a Hall of Famer. I would have given everything under the sun. Here's a question for you. Do you mm-hmm. think Soto stays with the Padres after those two years? That's a fantastic question, mm-hmm. Dave. I Gun to my head, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, it's a fantastic place to live. I think he's going to have an amazing uh, experience there. But I ultimately think he wants to hit free agency. And when he does, he's going to have the Dodgers. He's going to have Steve mm-hmm. Cohen. He's going to have the Yankees. He's going to have people basically being able to write a blank check for him. I ultimately think he does go. I could be very surprised. He might go to San Diego, have a fantastic time, love where he's living, and they offer him a you know, $400-plus million extension, and he takes it. But I ultimately think he's going to go to free agency, and I think there are a couple teams out there that are going to not let him walk away from their facility. So um, gun to my head, I would say he does not stay in San Diego. Yeah, I mean, that's a good guess. That's pretty much where I'm at, too. I feel the same. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Well, when's, the next, when's the next time they're ever going to re-sign anybody like that, anyway? Like, they've signed people to contracts, I guess, but coming off a trade like that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because he's going to require some... He's going to be... By that point, he's probably going to be asking for Aaron Judge money, am I right? <laughs> Judge. Even more. Even more. Even more? Even more. <laughs> be, I mean, Aaron Judge is an absolute freak show, but Soto's going to be 26 years old. Yeah. I mean... He's going to be asking for a lot of money, a lot of money. Absolutely. Think yeah. of, think about Bryce Harper, 
think about Manny Machado and like multiply that by two. Like it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, so let's see the Yankees for their part though, even though they didn't get Soto, they had a very good trade deadline. I'm very impressed with it. Just getting rid of Joey Gallo. That's already a huge win. Unfortunately, now you got him. It's your problem. <laughs> I mean, I saw that. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I gotta got deal with this asshole now. Jeez. But yeah, man. <laughs> um, he's a, listen, Dave. He's a he's a fantastic human being, and I wish him like all the best mentally because I know he had a real mental problem in New York. But um, he's not the greatest baseball player. So I mean, he's a good defender, but at the plate, he is a mess. So he's bad. I I. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you wanted him. On the I Yankees didn't. for a while, and I I was I warning people about this. I was like, he's such a he's a, he's one of the most signature three true outcome players. Absolutely, he's frustrating. Like he was frustrating on the Rangers. He was frustrating mm-hmm. outside of there. I think the Yankees were the Yankees' the next team. I don't know, but um, I I was not. I just did not expect that to go well. So it happened. No, no. I mean it it. it he just it, listen. I mean, especially in that market, it just wasn't a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully he has a better time in LA. I mean, I don't, I don't wish any ill. I mean, he had a really tough time mentally, and I don't like anybody suffering like that. So right. hopefully he has a better time in LA. Yeah. But um, like I read quotes that he did an interview, and he was like, number one, I feel like I'm a piece of shit. Number two, mm-hmm. whenever I see a Yankee hat or a Yankee shirt, I'll remember that I failed. Number three, I never left my apartment in New York, so I feel bad for him. You know, he's a human and he's a good dude. So. Hopefully he, you know, has a better time in L.A. Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, I definitely don't want him to fail. I'm just yeah. not. I just don't. It, it's just that he's just his style of batting leads to, more, you know, leads to bigger slumps. And if you have more pressure, it, Agreed. Just, it just makes it worse. So Agreed. being in New York, it's it's not a huge surprise to me that, what, what, that seeing that. Anyway, he's not your problem anymore. <laughs> Let's continue to stay on the Yankees. So the Yankees also got Frankie Montas, and he's on our fantasy team too. Yeah, you know him well. So this is a pretty yes. good get. Um, I was I was very you know I wanted Luis Castillo, and then obviously after the haul that um, I apologize I'm moving around a little bit. Um, after the haul that Seattle gave, and I knew Brian Cashman wouldn't go there, and perfectly fine with it. Frankie Montas is a good pitcher. He finished sixth in the Cy Young voting last year. You and I have him in fantasy. Um, he's a really good number two to slot in. He has good stuff. I'm excited to pair him with uh, Matt Blake. So I think what the Yankees did just in a nutshell is they fortified the pitching, which was very necessary. They added two bullpen arms that I think will be helpful. And they added some the pretty much the anti-Joey Gallo. They added a guy that hits 320, puts bat on ball, doesn't hit for a ton of power, but hits a runners in scoring position, gets on base, and Andrew Benintendi. I thought they they checked a lot of boxes. It wasn't the sexiest. They didn't end up with Luis Castillo or Juan Soto or any of like the major, major names. But I think that for what that team needs right now, being in first place in the AL East and having the second-best record in baseball next to the Dodgers, I think that what they needed, they checked off a lot of boxes. Now it's just about staying healthy. It's about like starting to play better baseball. I think they've been lagging for about a month. I think that there is a, um, you know, not a a lull or a comfortability. They haven't played a big game in I don't know how long. And the Dodgers, I'm sure, have nights where you know they don't show up and things like that because they're so far ahead in the standings. I think the Yankees needed a kick in the ass. They needed an, an injection, and obviously today didn't show that. But you know, the front office is telling them, hey, we think you're good enough to win the whole thing. 
we're trading prospects that we like to put these pieces on our baseball team go get them so hopefully over the next couple of weeks that starts to, to starts to come together and they're starting to play better baseball and obviously health and leading into october so really like with the yankees and a couple other teams did really well uh were really well too so yeah let's get into some of the other teams that, that won out um i think the phillies are doing well it's it's been a weird year they fired their manager and they started playing better it was just like mm-hmm. Do they really need to fire their manager? Because seemed like they were—they didn't seem like they were that bad at the time. What what do you think was going on over there with the, with, with with that manager? So I think they needed a change. Mm-hmm. I think Girardi had lost the clubhouse. I think mm-hmm. that you know it got to the point. The articles that I was reading, um, his words were falling on deaf ears. Um, it gets to a point where like you can only play hard ass for so long, and then once he left. They actually went on a little bit of a run under Rob Thompson, and they kind of evened out. But they're playing much better baseball under Rob Thompson than they did Joe Girardi. Now it's a very flawed team. It's a very bad defensive team. They have a very sketchy bullpen. Mm-hmm. Their lineup without Bryce Harper. You know Nick Castellanos has not been good. You know uh, Kyle Schwarber is awesome, but he's hitting two oh five or two ten. But he has like thirty something homers. But it's a very flawed team. But there is talent there, but I don't I don't expect them to make much noise. And it's crazy because they have Nola and Wheeler who are two like top ten, top fifteen pitchers in baseball. So it's uh you know, it's a very weird roster construction over yeah. there. Definitely the lineup is definitely very weird. A lot of like guys who are pretty inconsistent. Like Schwarber's like one of their big guys, they have Castellanos. <laughs> Castellanos was awesome with, with you know, Cincinnati yeah. this year he's yeah fall into a huge slump and he's not playing well and with Bryce out like they've been a little bit of a mess they've they've kind of weathered the storm a little bit Mm -hmm. um, after Joe left but I don't expect much from Philly I know they made some moves I know they got like D-Rob and they made some moves but I don't expect a ton from Philly to be honest with you I mean um, Real Muto is kind of falling off a cliff I don't expect a ton from Philly I like it. All right, let's uh, let me just uh, cut in here for a minute we have Andy joining us what's going on Andy how you doing tonight yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I only got one piece left in the fridge. I got multiple of these, so he got a ration, you know? Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. What do you got there, guava or a this kiwi? This is kiwi. Nice. Okay. Kiwis are good. It'll go down. Andy, how about it? You're into the seltzers, too. I love it. Hell yes. Good They're times. The best. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll have one with you, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Wednesday. Word up. Well, Andy, good to see you. You know, we were talking about Vince Scully to start the show, so we'd love to pivot to you and get your thoughts on, on his passing and his legacy. Well, I'll definitely I'll listen to you guys in Heyman style when you, when this is posted or whatever, but I'm I'm sure I'm just echoing your thoughts. And uh, last night, every all, you know, I'm, I'm on the Twitter, and everyone, you know, all the gambling accounts I follow, all the even freaking, you know, General Dogie, uh, all posting good thoughts and clips of Scully. You know, it's um, Scully actually, like, I turn into an old man when I listen to Scully. You know how Brad and all of us make fun of, like, you tell time through baseball, but when Scully was calling a game, like, you literally could tell time with his type of style. And he just, he just made a Dodger game that much more you know um obviously he did golf with the masters back in the day he did the joe montana to clark situation so he did football he did all obviously all the national big games back in the day mets red sox hank aarons because that was a 
the, the, the Braves were playing the Dodgers, so, you know, that was a good – he was there when Hank Aaron broke the home run record. So he did all sorts of games in addition to obviously being, you know, the, the voice of the Dodgers way back when, you know, calling Don Larson's perfect game in the 50s, calling a Koufax perfect game, calling Dennis Martinez perfect game. He was awesome, Dave. And, and Cap, obviously you guys know this, and – no one lives forever, obviously. What I'll say about Vin, and uh, he never, like, really lost his lost his fastball. Even on his last year, his last couple of years, yeah, I think his schedule got reduced, and there was a time where Fiddle can probably clarify, or Dave, you could too. Like, you know, he scaled back his road performances. I think at one point he was just doing San Francisco and – Arizona and in Colorado and San Diego, and then at one point maybe he was just doing. San I think he was just doing the home games at the end of that. Yeah, just yeah, home games. So, yeah. You know what's crazy about Vince Scully? Like when he first started, you could arguably have had a guy like a World War One veteran listen to Vince Scully, and at the end of it, you'd have people that fought. You know, there were no, well, there's wars now, obviously, but you get the idea. Like when Scully was first coming up, you had World War One veterans listening to him. And then when Scully was done, you had, you know, Gulf War veterans listening to him. That He spanned decades and generations. It's, it's crazy. And yeah, they'll, there, there'll be, a, there'll be no other. There's, there is no other. Like, you know, John Miller is a great baseball announcer. Don mm-hmm. Arcillo is a great announcer. <laughs> yep. Um, you know the low you know met fans love their guys yankee fans love their guys like but there's no there's no substitute for ben well said very well said yeah i mean there's so many kind of phrases moments stories like you you, you the said the fact that. that he did it without ben. a color guy was crazy i know it's wild oh whoa here we go vodka Cheerio. kiwi yes, sir. love it drink up fellas I just got a beer. <laughs> nice. I didn't get the memo. <laughs> how, how how old was Vince Scully? Was he 90? 94. 94. 94. So he lived a full life. Like, it was not, yeah. like, like I was saying at the start, like, it's not, it's the least untimely death that you can think, you can, you can imagine. Was but, he, did you, did, I mean, obviously I didn't know here, but in LA, did you guys know he was, like, in failing health over the past, like, couple weeks? No, no. Um, in fact, you're really just to punctuate it. I understand that, um, the Spanish language broadcast for the Dodgers is like the Spanish Vin Scully. You know, Jaime Harin actually had lunch with him last week. So it just oh, wow. happened. It just happened. Yeah. I don't even know how. It's weird. So it's even as as old as he is, it does it does still kind of you know, it kinda of gets you a little bit. It's like wow, like it's he's gone, you know? Yeah. It's a part of, like obviously you more than me, Dave, like it's probably a part of your childhood. Yeah. Probably a part yeah. of your Growing up, you listen to them probably with your family. You probably watch Dodgers games with your dad, your family, and it's always been Vin Scully. So yeah. him gone probably takes a piece of like your childhood and, and you know part of your fandom away. For Absolutely. Sure. So you know, I mean, you all as Yankee fans, you probably had that feeling when Mel Allen passed, but maybe that was a little before your time. But it was. It was more more so. Um, it was. Uh, I would say. Not as much as Vince Scully, it's a little, much different, but like Bob Shepard. So like whenever as okay. a little, little yeah. kid going to the stadium and hearing Bob Shepard and then obviously growing to appreciate what he brought to the table, like when Bob Shepard and obviously George Steinbrenner died, those are two like big Yankee icons for me that I was yeah. like, holy shit. 
But um, yeah. it's not like Vince Scully. You know, it, it would be it's way different. You know, Vince Scully's on a different level. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I was going to ask Andy the same question. Like, is, are there any announcers that in your local broadcasting, you know, growing in your local? I, I don't know if any one of those is on that level. So, and John no, Sterling no. would be if that ever happened. Right. You know, that'd be like John Sterling yeah. for me. Yeah. Okay, well, go ahead, Andy. I said, no, there's, I mean, I like Don Arcello. I like, I mean, he's good. He's not great. Like, Sean McDonough's good, not great. I will say this the, the Red Sox radio guy, uh, Castiglia, he's awesome. And he's mm-hmm. been doing games since, I think, like the, the 70s. I can nice. look it up at some point. I like but him. He's, yeah. he's awesome. He He's good, but he's just a low, you know, he's not national. He doesn't have a national recognition. But he's, like, when Dave O'Brien came on, like, Fiddle's better than me at it. Like, I'm too lazy. Like, if you watch a game on MLB.tv, you can change the audio overlay from Nesson to the radio. And sometimes I'll do that. But I, you know, I'm not going to bend over backwards to do it. But sometimes I will. But, yeah, mm-hmm. the the Red Sox radio guy I like a lot. But, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't hold it. He's not a patch on, on Scully's fanny, you know? Yeah, and ultimately no one is, you know? Like, the only one that would even come close might be, like, another, like, old-time famous, I don't know. I mean, not even, I don't even think Jack Buck would be. Nobody. Anybody. I don't think there's really anybody else. Like, because you have to factor how long he did it, too, for the same team. Like, that's amazing, an amazing run. So, yeah, you're right. There's really no equal. Okay, so uh, let's let's segue back to uh, trade talk. So uh, we last were talking about the Yankees' moves. Very good moves, even though they didn't get Soto. Soto went to the Padres. Um, they also got Josh Bell. Um, Hosmer was supposed to be part of that transaction, but he declined the, the trade. So he ended up going to your Red Sox, Andy. A very interesting move. I mean, because he's a decent left-handed hitter. I mean, not great, but he might be a good fit for Fenway. Um, let's see. The Yankees got a bunch of other good role players. Harrison Bader. They got a solid starter in Frankie Montas. Um, and then uh, rounding this out, the Phillies got Brandon Marsh, David Robertson, a reliever. And they um, and they also got Noah Syndergaard from the Angels, who I thought he was hurt for a little bit of the year. But, you know, this is on paper. Did Noah, Noah go to the Blue Jays? Or he went to the Phillies. You're right. Yep. And at least. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. So, um, and then the last, as far as the Blue Jays, Wet Merrifield went from the Royals to the Blue Jays. That's a big step up for as far as like like winning is for for Wet Merrifield. He's pretty good. He's I think he's a second baseman. It's been so long since I've seen him play, but because <laughs> the Royals are barely on TV. But um, Mets got Darren Ruff, which is blah. Not really nothing exciting there. Padres got Brandon Drury. Cap is high on him. I'm not. As, I, mean, I think he's okay. Um, that's he's a good depth piece. Yeah, good depth piece. Yeah. Twins got a couple interesting pieces, but I'm not sure if it's going to matter. I don't really think they're that good. They got they got Jorge Lopez from the Orioles. I didn't even realize he was an all-star team. <laughs> and they got Tyler Malley, who is pretty solid from the Reds, a starter. So that's what we have so far. So, Andy, uh, any any thoughts as far as the trade deadline? Anything yeah, that's bring good? up Louis Castillo. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. I brought him up. He yeah, did. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he, did. <laughs> he did bring him up. It's true. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, I don't want to Heyman on what you guys have already talked about. No, dude, like, hit it. Like, yeah, hit it. So, lo- so locally, like some of the people out here, are like they couldn't. Why didn't they make a bigger push for? You know, I call him Boom Boom Mancini, but Trey Mancini, like that's in it. Like, oh, baby's like Orioles should, definitely should have traded Mancini. Like, they're but if you're an Orioles fan, you're like. Well, they're like, 
why not? Why not let it ride with Mancini? Like he had the longest tenure on the team, and they're having a magic carpet ride. I it probably would have died at some point, but it's not like like I get old baby's point to a degree. Like get something if you because if you don't you don't resign him, you'll get nothing for him. So they traded him. They did, but like a lot of people, like the Magic Oriole fans, like we needed him. So he ends up going to Houston, and that just makes Houston that much more scary. Mm-hmm. Like Seattle could have used him. Um, so I'll say this about Castillo: like I like the deal. Like Castillo and Montas are obvious, arguably like the best arms available. Um, I guess Castillo like, number one. Yeah, and I'm guessing like I I forget who I don't know if it was Carabas or somebody was tweeting that like. The Red Sox were taking calls for sale, but I don't know. Sale, you don't you don't know what you're gonna get with sale at this point. So I will say Hosmer. It's funny because Hosmer is basically come to the Red Sox for like that guy Bloom. Agency was high on. We were all high on on Bloom for a long time, but he he's just a burnt out prospect, and San Diego's eating a lot of that contract. So Hosmer will come on board and give the Sox that first baseman pop that they never had because they didn't they didn't keep the guy last year, Forber. And the high and bloom apologists think Dahl, Dahlback's going to have a great second half. I don't believe it. But, <laughs> yeah, you just have like a ro- just a revolving door of first baseman for the Red Sox. Well, I don't know. I'm not high on the Sox. As you know, you can read my Twitter. Like, I think they're just kind of a stale team. Like Tommy calls me a Fairweather fan, but at least the the Mariners have just a lot more. I w- I don't know if you call it excitement, but the the ceiling is is higher for them. They got mm-hmm. young improvement guys. They got raw talent. Like the fact that they went three and four against Houston and New York, that is a that's a win for them. Like obviously some of these guys will want them to go six and one or five and two, but uh, on brand for them would be going one and six. You know. Um, but the fact that they took two out of three this week without Ty France, without Julio, that's exciting for them. Um, but, yeah, for the trade deadline, I, the thing that was surprising until you looked at it, like, I guess the Brewers had no chance of re-signing Hayter. So, again, might as well get something for him if you're going to get nothing for him at the end of the year. I'm not sure if the Brewers have, like, realistic postseason aspirations. Their lineup has been very underperforming this year. Yeah. Um, you know, Yellick is just a shell of himself. He's always hurt. Obviously, Tellez is good, but they still got McCutcheon. But something's wrong, uh, even though they've got arguably two great starters with Woodruff and Burns. But, you know, there's always next year. If you're San Diego, I'm sure you guys already talked about San Diego, but I'm – I mean, if you're a San Diego fan, you got to be, like, very exciting. Who cares about what the farm system's going to look like down the road because you, you got one – solid like window now uh as you see as as you guys probably know like that san diego bullpen was had a lot of cracks and the fact that they got hater that's gonna kind of strengthen them a little bit get you know rogers will probably be a little better uh the guy that throws the change up with the long hair i forget his name but yeah that that uh it's you know i don't know if they're gonna beat the dodgers this year but i mean they are set for the future you know that starting rotation you know darvish you never know snell is kind of poo poo 
But that lineup, once Tatis comes back, that's a scary lineup, guys. And, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, some other people with different lines of thinking be like they mortgage way too much for their, you know, the jeopardizing the long term health of that team. And I think RKO mentioned they might have like a billion dollars tied up between three players when all said and done. But it's not our money. It's not the San Diego Padres fan money. And uh, good for them. I mean, they've kind of done. We've seen teams try to do this in the past and just spend, 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 and it kind of falls flat on their face. But, you know, I'd rather see this. I'd rather see more examples of this than, like, kind of the... What the the Nationals are doing, basically. Frugal stuff. Yeah. But, you know, the people that are against this type of stuff, like, they actually are probably pointing to the Nationals because, uh, like, look who the Nationals had, like, as as recent as four years ago and they're all gone you know yeah the nationals should be retracted like i'm i could not agree more like contract the nationals bryce harper juan soto Mm -hmm. trey turner matt like how do you let everyone walk like that is they they be contracted man it's it's absurd they're they're they don't belong one thing the one thing the nationals do know how to do obviously as we've seen is draft and develop and you know if they were able to kind of build that machine and keep their own guys which you know they've spent money in the past right they've given like big contracts deferred money whatever it is but to let all of those guys walk and trade some of those guys it's it's disgusting it's mm. it's crazy and uh for andy's point too like maybe i have ptsd as a yankee fan but i've seen a billion yankee prospects bust i've seen a billion prospects bust throughout baseball if you have a chance to get a 23 year old generational player who probably is a hall of famer give everything change your fucking farm team name if need be give everything and <laughs> i think the padres did a good job there they yep. they when was the last time the padres were in the playoffs dave it wasn't that long ago 2020 they were in 2020 yeah they had that like three game series or that five game series of the dodgers you're right because they had like that parade outside right after like they clinched or something yeah um, all right, so that's maybe not a not a good example. I thought it was a long time since the Padres were in the in the playoffs, but still, like, I would have given up everything for Juan Soto. Um, they have that philosophy where they they draft, develop, and trade, and for for proven stars. And they have a young team, right? They have Manny, they have Tatis, who's young and locked up. They have Soto for the next two and a half years. Um, they have Hader for this year. Like, they're going for it. But I can tell you this, like. You guys tell me, say that say the Braves win the NL East, right? And I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but just say the Braves win the, win the NL East. And then the Padres, because I believe the Dodgers are going to win your division, Dave. Say mm-hmm. the Padres are in a three-game series and they have to face DeGrom and Scherzer. I mean, that's no walk in the park. Right. You know what I mean? Right. As long as DeGrom can actually stand the mountain pitch, that's no walk in the park because, honestly, the you know Andy touched on it. Padre pitching doesn't scare me one bit. I mean, I think um, – <laughs> I think Musgrove's really good, but other than that, like you, Darvish, Blake Snell, Clevenger, like that's not gonna have me shaking in my boots. Very fair points. Clevenger's have been, I think he's been pretty disappointing since he got traded or somehow since he got since he went to, became to the came back from his injury. Yeah, it, he got hurt. I think it was like a week into the after the trade. Yeah. And he just hasn't been the same. So, folks, let me just give an update on the Padres themselves. So, if you're watching us live on YouTube, put on MLB Network if you can, because 
Juan Soto just had his first at bat as a Padre just a few minutes ago. He threw a walk, and then Machado, Manny Machado went up to the plate and he doubled. So they have two on two two men on base, first and second and third, and Josh Bell, the other per piece of the of the of the <laughs> from their uh, from their midseason trade deadline is at the plate. So this is already getting very exciting. They're playing against Colorado, and it's uh, there's no score in the first inning. But uh, keep an eyeball on that one. This is getting very interesting here. Um, now, Kevin um, on the Cape, a.k.a. Kevin Gorey, says Tatis' contract is backloaded. They are keeping Soto, and Machado can opt out of 2023. So um, I don't. it's interesting. So Kevin's on the other end of that. He thinks that they'll, they'll keep Soto. They'll find a way to re-sign him. That's interesting. I think they're going to try, but I ultimately think he wants a free agency in Tesla. Whereas now they might sell uh-huh. for him. He, like I said, he might love living in San Diego, love the experience, and take a $400-plus million deal. But I think if I'm Juan Soto, I see if Steve Cohen will literally give me a blank check, 600 yeah. mil, 500 mil, whatever it is. Yep. You know, the Dodgers will be involved. The Yankees will be on the outside looking in as always. If I'm Juan Soto, I definitely test free agency, and I think that the Padres will be involved. But I, I would, as a 26 20- – I mean, listen, Bryce Harper was fantastic. He's better than Bryce Harper, what, what he's going to be at age 25, 26. So if I were him, I would I would definitely try to touch free agency. But there's the, the health risk, but he can bet on himself. And, you know, I, I would, but yeah. I'm not a world-class athlete. So what do I have to say? <laughs> it's true. What would we know? Andy, if you, were to, if you were to make the call, do you think that the Padres would find a way to keep Soto and extend him? I it's- – TBD, but I mean they've already got they're locked in with the Tatis Machado. I mean that's the good nucleus as is, and you know I, it's too uncertain. I'm I can't I don't have a confident answer one way or the other. You really could go either way. You really could go. Either It'll way. be funny to yeah. see like not even to tweak, but like with what the Mets do, like. It'd be kind. Of, I'd be flabbergasted if Judge ends up on the Mets, and I, I doubt that would happen. But this is gonna be an interesting offseason right, for wow. for an Aaron Judge. Like, I don't know. Do the that'd be wild. The Giants get involved because he's from Fresno. Like, why don't the Yankees just pony up? Because yeah, guys like Judge, they do not fall from trees. So mm-hmm. pay the guy. Like he's gonna he's gonna flirt with like seventy dongs this year, provided he can. They don't fence him like they do today, you know? Like, <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. We want to take advantage of the off day tomorrow. Then fucking let him have his off day tomorrow. That's <laughs> about the, he's got, you know what Aaron Judd's like? It's crazy, dude. Like when I, I was at Billy's opening day when the news dropped that he wasn't signing and I saw what the offer was and I was like, that's a really fair deal. Like for his age and, you know, that's a really fair deal. Aaron Judd said, no, I'm going to bet on myself. And the motherfucker went out. And he's chasing Maris. Like, what a boss! Like, are you kidding me? It's crazy. Yeah, so he takes some big balls to do that, but it yeah. is really working out for him. I just think this 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 line of the, Andy's prediction or Andy's speculation is really fascinating because we've all been saying on our you know, on all the all the media, but over on Discord, I've seen it for sure. But a lot of people have been saying on Twitter too, like, "Oh man, he's gonna make a billion! He's gonna make a billion!" But it would be so <laughs> ironic if the billion came with the Mets. That would just be wild wild i don't want to get into that because like i feel oh, like i'm it'll be a billion but i mean it'll, it'll be a lot of money yeah a lot of money a lot of money they'll be in the neighborhood and now there's a, now obviously there's a dh in the nl now so like mm-hmm. later in his career they don't have to worry about him not being able to play the athlete you slide him in the dh spot yeah. but yeah man i mean it'll yep. uh 
it'll be interesting offseason. If yeah. listen, if if what comes with signing a contract with the Yankees comes with a captaincy, comes with being in that class of Jeter, of Munson, of all like those Yankee captains and you know He'll be in Monument Park probably. He'll probably be in Monument Park. So there's a lot that comes with a Yankee contract. But at the end of the day, what is important to judge? Is it the money? Is it a different location? Is And the Yankees, if they let Aaron Judge walk, they should be fucking retracted. You're the New York fucking <laughs> Yankees. You have a kid that has grown up through your system that has been a superstar. Granted, he's had health issues, but every little kid wears 99 now because of him. You go to the stadium, there's 99 Aaron Judge everywhere. He's the, <clears throat> one of the faces of baseball. He's a great dude. You let him walk after hitting 60-something homers, you should be fucking retracted. <laughs> Chucky's response is in the chat right now. <laughs> what are the responses saying? He says, I'm going to puke. I'm not sure what that's in response to, but I think he was regarding the Yankees potentially extending him. And, um, but, uh, it's, but you're absolutely right about that. I mean, there's really no excuse for them not to, to find a way and even if they're talking about cost cutting at, at various points in the last five years, you make it work. You make they have it. a lot of money coming off the books. The guy's going to make them a shit ton of money being on the team. Like, exactly. It's, it's a no-brainer. No I mean, look, Soto's not going to be available for two years. Mm -hmm. Otani is going to be a free agent the year after. Um, if they would have traded for Soto, then we're having a different conversation right now on who you allocate that money to. Oh, but goodness. they didn't. So, yeah. I mean <laughs> – you know, they, had, they they have to do something there. But um, I honestly, I think that um, – I think Steve Cohen has his eyes on some other prizes. I don't know if it's going to be on a 31-year-old outfielder. It's just – that's just my opinion. Um, I read articles early in the year that he didn't have much interest in Judge, but it could be a smokescreen after Judge at 60 home runs. Maybe he's like, fuck it, I do want Judge. Like, I have no idea. But, um, you know, that will turn a lot of the uh, – Met fans who bash judge every year and to judge fans, which will be pretty damn hypocritical, but you know, that's sports, right? Sure is. All right. Let's there's so much happened in the Padre game. I, and I just want to bring this up because I want to say slap some cheese on it. <laughs> slap some cheese. Well, on hell it. yeah, David. <laughs> Somebody just hit a grand slam. It was Brandon jury. And get uh, out of here. Really? Yeah. So all the pieces from the trade have contributed to this inning. So, um, you know, so uh, Soto walked. I think uh, Bell also uh, Bell also got on base. And then Jory with, hits the grand slam to th because of, there's another base runner involved, too. So I mentioned the Machado uh, double in there somewhere. So that's hysterical. Like, everybody <laughs> got on base from this trade so far in this inning. This has been wild. So slap some cheese on that, everybody. Okay, so back to business. Wow. Um, any other note, news and notes you want to get into, fellas, as far as the trade deadline? I mean, there was a lot. This is a very busy trade deadline. This is one of the most exciting ones I can remember. It was great. Yeah, really good juice. Like, props to them. Like, it was really well done. We covered a lot. So, Andy, I'll get it back to you. Anything, anything else that we might have missed that we should get into? Nothing about trades per se, but just, like, this is a good time of the baseball season, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, dog days of summer or in August, at least in my little world. And now we're gonna see which, you know, contenders in August will still be contenders Labor Day weekend. You know, Mets play the Braves a lot to end the year. Like I, <clears throat> I love how the Braves kind of go about their way, even with the you know Morton has yet to be Morton this year, and. Um, 
you know, Freed should have a lot more than 10 wins, but but Strider, the guy with the mustache, he's a freaking stud. I read somewhere that they might, like, have to monitor his uh, workload and maybe have to convert him to, like, a reliever in the postseason. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, I do think they do have to monitor his workload just because he's, he's young and inexperienced, and that's just what they do now these days. Um, but, yeah, like, obviously is – you guys are curious. I'm curious to see how long, you know. I mean, DeGrom only threw 59 pitches yesterday. I feel like after five starts, rehab starts, they could have kind of extended him a little bit, but they didn't. But, I, I, you know, on the other side, it's like it is DeGrom. He's, he's yet to be healthy ever for a full 162. So, and just like, you know, the Astros rotation is is – Arguably, I would say maybe the best in the AL, you know, with Verlander at the top and, you know, uh, Javier at the bottom and then, you know, Valdez and Urquidy in between. Like, that's a very good rotation. I I worry about Presley and Stanek, though. It'll be an interesting last two months. Oh, yeah. I think every team's got, you know, know, we got a good third left of the regular season. Yeah, one more. Yeah, and so the, that really lends it itself to the question of who's going to make the run here, and there's a lot of contending, a lot of choices here. Um, I do want to mention that I forgot to mention the Yankees also got Harrison Bader for Jordan Montgomery, and Montgomery was an interesting, was an interesting watch for a while. <laughs> Did he not live up to his potential, Cap? What do you think? So it was a very, very weird trade to me at first, mm-hmm. and still is kind of a weird trade to me. Um, Listen, Jordan Montgomery is a kid that, or a guy that spent his whole career with the Yankees. He came up through our farm system. He's one of those middle of the rotation guys that is a reliable, you know, he's going to take the ball. Listen, there are some days where he'd go out and he'd give you, you know, six innings, two runs. Some days he'd go out and give you five innings, four runs. He was, you know, he always had a sub ERA, had a career sub ERA. Um, But the weird thing was, Dave, is I really believe, and they can spin all the bullshit that they want. I believe the Yankees thought they were getting Pablo Lopez. I really do. Um, it's a very weird deal to trade one of your starting pitchers. And you, all of us know, you know, you can never have enough pitching, especially when the Yankees have to manage Tyon's innings, that to manage um, Nestor Cortez innings, Severino's hurt. Why would you trade somebody out of your starting rotation if you weren't supplementing them with another starter? So I really thought that they thought they, thought that they were going to get Pablo Lopez when that deal went down. Harrison Bader is in a fucking walking boot. I mean, he might not be able to play at all this year. Um, They're hoping to get him back by September and have a weapon by October. It was a very, very strange deal. Jack Curry spun it as the Yankees are building up Severino. So it's going to be Cole, Montez, Severino, Nestor. They're looking at this trade through an October prism. The Yankees have an 11-game lead in the AL East. So Monty was not going to be a factor in October. Harrison Bader is an elite center fielder with speed who can be a weapon in October. So that's what he said the Yankees looked through that prison. But honestly, between you, between all of us, I really thought the Yan- I really think the Yankees thought that another deal was going to be trailing behind that, and it didn't happen. Very weird deal. Um, really weird deal, but, you know, we'll see how it plays out. The Yankees rotation is now a little – I don't think yeah. Domingo Herman's very good. And maybe, maybe the front office said, I don't think the gap between Herman and Montgomery is that big. I don't know, but it was a very weird deal. I know Clark Schmidt is now being stretched out in the minors as a starter. Just really weird deal to me. And um, 
I guess we'll see how it plays out. It just was strange. It, it, I agree with you. I mean, Bader's an extremely average player. Like, and I would, and I, I think that's his ceiling. Average is a great word. Yeah, he's yeah. so average. He's extremely average. Like, it, it's just a strange to trade. I mean, it's really not so much trading for him. It's just simply you want to get rid of Montgomery and you want to get something for him. But I don't know. That seems. What do you know. think about what your Dodgers did, Dave? I don't get the Gallo move at all. <laughs> I don't, what the hell was that? I don't. I don't understand. I get. I, I mean, the Dodgers have the. I guess the luxury to let's see if this guy works for a month, and if not, we'll just fucking send him to Siberia. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Gallo was not the type of player that I liked. Um, you know, hits you know on a good year. 220 but with 35 40 homers that wasn't the best pairing of you know a luke voigt uh aaron judge a giancarlo stanton the gary sanchez when we got him um two years ago or last year um so maybe the dodgers like look let's try to catch lightning in the bottle he is a very good outfielder if he plays right field he's a good outfielder so maybe the dodgers like let's get him the hell out of new york and let's see if he can go on a home run barrage and be effective for us and if not the dodgers will keep him off the postseason roster i mean they're a smart organization, Dave. They're not gonna, they're not gonna, you know, keep their loyalties to him if he's not gonna be producing. Like the Yankees continued to play fucking Joey Gallo. Like it's the Dodgers won't do that. I don't think they will, but it just feels like a waste of time to me. I feel like it's same shit's gonna happen. It's like there's really nothing about his about his batting the way he bats that makes me think that he's suddenly gonna go on a run. Like I just, him and Cody Bellinger might strike out two hundred times in a week. Come on. No, you're right about that. Like, but still, are you telling me that Joey Gallo is an upgrade from that? I don't know. No, hell no. I mean, no, what I'm saying, but I'm saying, imagine both of those guys in the same lineup. Oh, I know. Oh, I know, dude. Some some strikeout props are probably going to be on the table for for Andy and me, like on in the in the scenarios, like you know, like starting. Is, is Walker strikeouts. Bueller coming back, Dave? Um, there's a timetable. It's just it's going to be a bit. This is going to be a bit. It's on our team, like. We would know. I know, I know, but I'm just like um, I. But I, I checked his. Mm-hmm. So they don't update like some of the news right away. They're like, oh, All he's right. doing this that, and the other thing. I don't know if you had more insight on, like, a, a ramp up program, a rehab type of thing. Like, I didn't know if you had any insight. Oh, on I got gotcha, you. Yeah. Um, um, he, I mean, he, if he comes back at a certain time, it's crazy though, Dave. Your yeah. Dodgers are, are wild. Like, yeah. they go and get Freeman. They go and get Betts. Mm-hmm. Um, they went and traded for Machado a couple years ago. They gave Trevor Bauer forty million. Like you guys are always looking to like go for the jugular, and I absolutely love that. And the the most impressive thing, Dave, is they trade prospects and continue to like develop more. Like it's like literally like a weed that grows. Like you pull the weed yeah. and more comes up. Like it's <laughs> crazy how how good like they're drafting development it's super impressive i think that's the biggest and that just goes back to andrew friedman when he was there and he was president like he really built up a great system and i think that's where a lot of that comes from like it was a really strong system with multiple levels and and that's just like people talk about the dodger way going back many years and it looks like the dodger way is back in that regard there's a lot of emphasis on scouting and developing signing international players but this the farm has been very good to us yeah, in, in in the last like fifteen years, how much time do we have on this pod, Dave? I don't know. I'll probably give it another, I don't know, twenty thirty minutes, I guess. What I, I, w- I wanted to g- kind of get your guys' take on what you think are going to be the 
either surprises or what how you guys think the second half is going to end up like i think you kind of touched on a little bit too dave is you know what are your surprises in the second half Does yeah that, come that, i was team? actually like, going to get to that right here like yeah, I, 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 would, I would love to hear what you guys i'm very are. curious in your thoughts on the same thing because you can see there are a lot of teams kind of sitting there lying in the weeds ready when the weeds rate or reeds i guess waiting to make a run like even teams like your your Mariners, well, not your Mariners, but your your hometown, your your current residence oh, they're Mariners. They're ready to pounce. They're ready to pounce. <laughs> they look like they're they're they they look like they're hungry. I can see it. They are. Yeah, and then, they have a really good bullpen too, man. Which yeah. is like I think I don't think people realize how good their bullpen is because all I remember when Frank the Tank would like scream Paul Seawall like he's bad, but now he's awesome. Like they picked him up off like waivers or something. He's been fantastic. So many yeah, Seawall's good. They kind of he's the club leader and save, but he's got like thirteen of them just because some, you know, Diego Castillo closes sometimes. Seawall's just like the high leverage guy, whether it's the sixth inning like last night or the other night, yeah, or sometimes it's the ninth inning. But then they also have Eric Swanson, who's pretty good. Um, Diego who is the Castillo kid? Is who is the guy that pitched the ninth last night? Oh, Munoz, of, bro, dirty. Munoz. 102. He almost choked, though. He was, 102? Come on. When he got behind Judge, I was tweeting like a madman. I'm like, fucking challenge him. Like, because I... Oh, you know, they weren't They were, They weren't. weren't challenging him. They were... They you no, know, but you, Rizzo could have easily hit a three-run bomb. He could have. He could have. <laughs> he could have. But, I mean, my dad texts me all the time after Judge hits a home run. He's like, why do they pitch to him? Like, why do they pitch to him? It's crazy. But, um, no, your bullpen's really solid. Yeah, no, good, and I don't think people realize it. They yeah. get over, you know, you worry about any good bullpen getting overused if your starters are only going five plus six innings, you know. I mean, it's just, it happens. You get, these guys get tired, especially in, in the summer. But I am excited to see what the rotation can do. Um, I love, you know, that. so they're monitoring George Kirby. Like, he's only, they want him to compete in September. He's only going to, pitch like four innings and outing or whatever 70 pitches a start but you know Robbie Ray he's not my favorite but he's a horse he strikes out a batter every inning and he's not my favorite but uh, he won the Cy Young last year for whatever reason but he he's formidable I wouldn't call him an ace by any stretch of imagination but You're Castillo, I would put Castillo ahead of Robbie Ray if that's but that's just me about uh, who am I evaluating every about? single day my friend every and single day I love Logan Gilbert. I know he gave up he gave up a few runs, you know, against the Yankees. I think he gave up three bombs, but um, I think that he uses talent too. And Marco Gonzalez, he's a bum, but you know he's just like a, a lefty that has to locate. And if he's not getting like the corners, he's gonna get lit up like he did in the first inning on Monday. The fact that he went five plus after those first two innings is remarkable. But as you know, you guys follow baseball like I'm. I'm excited for France to cut back and Julio to get back and Hanniger, who knows? Like Hanniger was their leader in home runs and RBI last year. He hasn't played since like May when he got hurt against the Marlins. And um, yeah, like the guys that they got from the Reds, like Winker has not had a good year, but the other guy, Suarez, he's going to end up with like 30 bombs. He's yeah. going to bat like 230, but. If he hits the 30 home runs, then that's that's kind of what you, you signed up for. And then Frazier, he's just like a nib. But, yeah, it's France, it's Julio. Those are your guys. Like Crawford, I know Crawford got butthurt last year. 
because he thought he's like the best shortstop. Defensively, he's very good, but hitting the jury's still out on his bat. But they they're young. They're young, Jerry. You know this. Oh, yeah. You know this. So how's like the local flavor? Like, are you're obviously living in Seattle. Are people like jazzed up about them? Is there like energy? Yeah, it's a you know they're a front like they're kind of a front running city like. Last year, they were selling out all the games in September. They they sold out the games against the Astros after the All-Star break. Obviously, sorry, Jerry Recco. The weather's nice. That's only That brings more people to the ballpark. But in April and May, it's the interest was actually pretty good in April and May because of how good they ended last year. Yes. And so I mean, even when they were 10 games under 500 to start the year, like they were still – no one just like completely gave up. Julio is a big reason for that. Oh, yeah. Like that guy just what a year. You know, no, oh, no yeah. offense to like the stat folks or whatever, but like you know, Julio's April wasn't anything to write home about. But like he just has a certain type of charisma, you know. Like he has it. no offense to the Brandon Nemo fans in the world. Like if Brandon Nemo's in your city, you're like I have to. I don't want to get late tonight. Like I'm gonna go to the I'm going to baseball game with my boys because Brandon Nemo's in town. Julio Rodriguez. You might. You might put down what you're doing. I want to see this Julio Rodriguez guy. But I think Brandon Nemo right now has, like, the better war and all that stuff. But you know what I mean? Like, there's someone like Yasiel Puig, for instance. Like, in his prime, he didn't have a war like Brandon Nemo, but he had, like, the panache. Like, I got to see this at bat by Puig. I don't don't know what he's going to do. He might get thrown out. He might (laughs) get a 450-yard bomb. You just just never know. It's just (laughs) you need more guys like that in baseball. You know what I mean? Oh, we do. um, Me me and Dave, I remember, like, back. It's crazy how it's when you – like, how you said you tell time through baseball. Like, it is crazy when I think about, like, some baseball moments and how long I've known you guys. I remember, Dave, you and I used to talk about Puig back in the day all the time, man. I used to love Puig, and you used to love Puig. He was a he was he was great. He moved yeah, the needle. I think folks. the Mariners are good. Like their their schedule, you know, they they're got they hopefully they got to get fat against the Angels, got to get fat against Oakland, get fat against the Rangers. New York next week, but once that New York series, you know, then they're gonna play like the Guardians, and they end the season with the Tigers. So yeah, the schedule loosens up a little bit for them, and. As you know, the other talking heads have mentioned, like the other wild card teams. I don't, I don't even like to put the Red Sox in there, but the AL East, you know, cannibalizes itself. They got to play the the Yankees a lot, so I think it benefits a team like Seattle because they get to play, you know, a little more of a underbelly of a schedule. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that division's not good by any means. I mean, the Angels are done with Houston too. They are. Oh, yeah, interesting. The Angels are, interesting. The Angels are a horrific franchise. Astros make Seattle their fit. It's weird. Houston can't beat Oakland for whatever reason, but the Yo, Mariners really? cannot. That is the Houston. weirdest thing I've seen all year. It's so I've, weird. I've bet so on. Weird. I've had bets on them. And I'm like, how are they not beating the A's? They're garbage. So I just yeah. can't get. I don't get it. Houston, as good as their rotation is, like just something's off with their lineup this year. Even mm. though they mash in, you know. Jordan is off. Awesome. I do agree like, with that. Yeah, I, I agree. With you. I really do agree with that. Awful. Yeah, because you're gonna. Have, there are just some games where they just, they just cannot score a lick. I've seen. Yeah. And it's and it's just like you saw it against the Kansas City. I mean, the Red Sox just beat them twice and held them to like yeah. low runs every game. They're yeah. a very weird offense. Yeah. Do you think it's because Altuve is kind of a little more inconsistent than normal? I'm not really sure. I have to go look and see what his what his stats are this year, but. 
he was often the star that serves a drink with that team. I don't know. It is weird. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, he definitely is a star that serves a yeah. drink. I mean, Jordan Alvarez is top three hitter in baseball, but um, getting Trey Mancini definitely helps. I yeah. mean, Miles, um, uh, Kyle Tucker's really good. They, they have a good lineup, but it is weird, Dave. Like, you'll look at the score some nights, and you're like, oh, they're, they're facing this team. They're going to drop 12, and they drop three, and they lose. It's super weird super and it you can say the same about the yankees too like the yankees going to face a team and like the other night they faced um the reds i think it was or some shithole team i i my my brains scrambled i remember the red series oh gosh that was a strong well that was a big that was a big what the fuck moment so weird that was a weird weird. series wasn't it yeah it was strange you know what they say dave that's baseball Susan. You know, it's so it sounds so trite, but it's it's really accurate. It's a, it's just you can't predict baseball. That's baseball season, yeah. indeed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that, Kev. I, I thank you so much for the kind for the, for the love too in the chat. Who says this trio does baseball better than any MLB Network SiriusXM show? Not sarcasm. Well, thank you. Um, all the credit to Jerry and Andy. They're the ones that know all the stuff. I'm just I'm just hosting. But nah, <laughs> come on, Dave. You know the stuff. <laughs> we Dave, we've been doing we've been doing shows together since long time. God, 2012, 2010, yeah. whatever it is, like it's about a dozen years. Crazy. Yeah, I'm glad we're able to do this, though. Yeah. Um, it really is nice to do this again. I haven't done a baseball show in a while. I miss fiddle, though. I, I want fiddle back. Hopefully, where do you yeah. guys think Pablo? So, Captain brought it up, not mm-hmm. to interrupt, but I, before I forget about it, like, what is like? Are the Marlins like cl- close? Or the what? A, they have arguably two of the best pitchers in the NL with Pablo and Alcantara, Alcantara but yep. like and. You know, jizz. I forget. You know, the Jazz Chisholm is. I think Jazz is pretty good too. I know oh, he's like, a jet man. He's uh, he's I good. I guess like he yeah. pissed off some of like the traditionalists because yeah, he's kind of them. like a showboat. But you know, those those three guys, like those are three guys that I would put down when I'm doing it and watch. But they're on the Marlins. So I, what do they do? What are they doing with those guys? That's I know a tough. Terry probably they're... no nowhere close to like going anywhere it's weird right. because the rest of the marlins offense is so terrible it's so bad yeah. they're one of the if you look at it in fan graphs they're like they're like the bottom three in ops plus team ops plus they're brutal it's a terrible offense. and it's a shame and that's yeah. like you know that's why Derek jeter left he wanted yeah. to go inside this cast nick castellanos Derek jeter i mean i don't i'm sure you guys haven't watched it but i've watched all the captain episodes like two or three times and on espn and you know continually to go back to like winning 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 for him to go to the Marlins and try to build him into a winner and be told, like, no, you cannot spend this money on Nick Castellanos. And he's like, what the fuck am I doing here then? Like, the Marlins are going to con- – unless they have a crop of prospects like the Astros did who were under team control and weren't, weren't making a lot of money, I don't know how they're going to win because they're not adding from the outside. And, you know, Jeter didn't ask for a ton, just wanted Nick Castellanos to pair with some of the players they had now, and the ownership wouldn't do it. Wow. So. It's super interesting to see what they're going to do. I don't think Don Mattingly, as much as I love him, he was one of my first favorite Yankees ever. I don't think he's a great manager. Um, I, I don't know what, what unless their farm system comes up and they're like, you know, bad out of hell. I just don't know. They're going to kind of be in that like middle to bad team range for a couple of years unless something changes. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Andy, any thoughts on, on the – Wait, did you get into that already? I think oh, Andy well, I, brought it up. I'm just like, <laughs> they have two very, very, you yeah. know, front of the line starters yeah. in the rotation. And a lot of, like, 
teams would probably be lining up on the Marlins ownership door to yeah. to get them to come, you know? Yeah. The you, Yankees almost had a trade for Lopez. They're pretty so you know what's interesting about Cantera, I was not aware of like his peripherals. He had like one of the one of the top five starters in strikeouts this year. Yeah, he has a ton of strikeouts this year. I was like, wow. Yeah, he's really, a beast. He's yeah, absolutely. Bonafide beast. Last year he was a beast. This year he's a beast. Yeah. It's pretty pretty sweet. Um so yeah, let's keep keep going into the second half predictions. Um, I will say it looks like some of the teams that started off hot, they're two out uh, point two. The Giants and the Mets, they have started to show their spots recently. Although the Mets have been playing pretty well. Like I'm not they're not they're not playing bad baseball. But the Giants, not the case. They have been dying. They have been just flatlining. This series against the Dodgers is embarrassing. And uh, they've had some inexplicable losses to the, to the White Sox. It has been a real struggle. I think a big reason why is just, I, I don't, well, how do you want to break this down, fellas? Like, we could talk about their pitching just not being great outside of Rodon. Rodon is obviously the real, I think he's I think he's genuinely good. But outside of that, I don't know. Bullpen has been kind of a mess, too. So their lineup is whatever. I don't think there's anyone to write. People did call it with Yastrzemski. They were like, yeah, yeah, he's all right, but he's not going to be a, like a perennial all-star. And I guess that's probably fair. I haven't. I should look at that more deeply. But even last year, their lineup, like yeah. they're all platoon. It's a platoon mm-hmm. lineup. Yep. You know, they each of those guys can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. It's Kapler is kind of a weird guy, and I guess there's a lot to be said of like Posey kind of held. He just held that staff together. Yeah, right? true. Whatever. What's the what's the word? Uh, non tangibly, like you know the number. He did more than just like the stats might kind of said say that he does, but the way that look at the staff now compared to last year with with him gone and uh, Rodon's yeah. a stud. Yeah, and they're He's saying like yeah. they thought he was, he might have been traded, but he didn't. He should have. Yeah, I mean I, he'd help someone bigly. And and they, they could have got something for him. And and I know he was owed a lot of money, but Andy, it's funny you mentioned the um, the platoons. I look at their lineup sometimes, and I'm like. You have Yang Hervis, or I think it was it might have been last year. I think they had Yang Hervis, Solarte, and Wilmer Flores in the lineup. And I'm like, how is this team like a contending team? Like Brandon <laughs> Belzer, number four hitter. I'm yeah. like, yeah. how is this happening? And um, you know, they went and got Carlos Rondon in the offseason, thinking that they would kind of replicate that one year deal. Imagine, right, right. And you know, twenty two million dollars. And you know, I thought that maybe they could have got something for him. They are. In that division, Dave, with how good the Dodgers are, and obviously yeah. what the Padres just did, they are fucked. They're, <laughs> no, no. They need, they need to, they should have sold whatever wasn't tied down, and should have tried to build their farm system and do what the Giants do, right? Find value, you know, build that pitching staff in that big ass ballpark, yep. and try to build that way. Like what they have right now on their roster is not nearly good enough to compete. And not only in the NL, but in that division especially. Yeah, it's it's yeah. so true. Like it's and it, Alex uh, Wood and Ra, uh, the guy that they got from the Rays, Cobb. They have they underwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Agree to all. Yeah, this is this is a really great observation. So um, now, as the Mets go, it's a little bit on. It's a little bit more. I'm not. I'm not as. I think they're gonna be okay. They certainly have. They were hitting a rough patch for a while. If Degrom comes back from his injury and he's solid, 
This is a huge if. You know the deal with the Mets and injuries. Um, they they'll probably be fine. They'll probably be fine. They're not. They're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna miss the playoffs. But it's just interesting to see Atlanta make this run. We we I think the last time I had Jerry on the show, we were talking about the Atlanta. I'm like they can't be this bad. <laughs> they were bad. They had a bad record. But we're like they can't be this bad. They they have to turn this around. It was just way too good a lineup, and they did. And now they're only three and a half games back of uh, of New York. So. Um, I don't think it's necessarily about Atlanta. That's the, I think the bigger store is probably Philadelphia, but both of them are probably going to be doing things in the second half. Where, where you, what do you weigh on that, everybody? So I think that, and you know, Andy, I'm not, uh, I'm not on the discord, so I don't want to get uh, cursed out about this, but um, I think the mess trade deadline was very underwhelming. I thought there were guys out there that really yeah. could have helped the Mets, whether it was a J.D. Martinez, whether it was a Christian uh, – or not Christian, I'm sorry. Or even Christian Vasquez could have helped them, um, even if it was a Wilson Contreras. But the real, I think, miss with the Mets was their bullpen was very thin. Um, Edwin Diaz is the best closer in baseball right now, but that bridge to him is super shaky. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of bullpen names. Like, you know, D-Rob was, was gotten for a low-level prospect from the Phillies. Um couple other bullpen guys when I thought the Mets could have had like you're gonna need to have those bullpen pieces to get to Edwin Diaz and I thought the Mets kind of missed an opportunity there and the Mets are kind of doing that whole platoon thing right like they got you know Vogelbach they got Darren Ruff they got a bunch of guys who are gonna end up platooning and you know in in my eyes if they were able to get like a Contreras or an Ian Happ or or you know I thought the big get for them Andy was a JD Martinez um professional hitter uh been in the big spots I thought like putting him Marte Nimmo and um Pete Alonso together would have been a huge boost for that offense but I mean look they got Jacob DeGrom back and you know you can have DeGrom and Scherzer if they're healthy the thing with Max and Dave you obviously can chime in on this as well is Max wasn't able to pitch in the postseason for the Dodgers because he had arm issues. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, you wonder if they're going to be able to stay healthy. And Max, and I said this to Gator on the board, that it might be a blessing in disguise that Max got hurt in the middle of the year because he has that time to kind of not throw the innings, not put that extra wear and tear on his arm, where now he's pretty fresh. So, I mean, I think the Mets are in a good spot because they do have that starting pitching um, their offense is, is improved from last year. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they can hold off Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta went and got Russell Iglesias, which was, I thought, a huge ad. And um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Atlanta's battling injuries, as uh, you know, obviously. And, dude, I got to know what the Atlanta owners give their players in their cocktails. Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna. Matt Olson and now Austin Riley all signed extensions for, you know, favorable deals. Like, why can't any of these other teams do that? Atlanta does it right, man. They have all them under team control. It's going to be a war. They play each other like a bunch of times more this year. It's going to be a war. Um, the Mets are a very good team. Atlanta's a very good team. The Mets have DeGrom and Scherzer. Nobody wants to face them in a short series. It's going to be super – it's going to be a war out there. So um, we'll love to see Andy and Dave what you guys think the Annalise is going to end up with. Um, I don't want to get my head bit off by all the Met fans, so I'll let you guys do that. Well, it's funny you mentioned the Discord. I feel like Gator is probably the most the most uh, 
the most what is it what's the word the most i don't, I don't want to use fierce a, fierce yeah there we go the most fierce oh, yeah. met 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 defender so i feel like the, you have the biggest battles over there yeah man you know i mean I, but i've i've you know i'm a, I'm, I'm i'm a fair baseball guy and i told him like mm-hmm. hey you know max scherzer getting hurt might not be the worst thing in the world right now you know he he He's not going to get those extra innings. I, Dave, I remember him having a dead arm with the Dodgers and not being able yeah. to perform in the postseason. The reason well, why the Dodgers got him was the pitch in the postseason, right? Yeah, that was kind of you kind of really blew up, didn't it? You know, it's it, first of all, I, I I'm very I'm very I, I'm it's refreshing to hear that they're actually talking sports over there. That's good, but <laughs> but anyway, back to back to what we're talking about with the NL East. Um, I think Atlanta's going to take over the division. I'm just gonna go out and say it. I might, you know, people are dancing around it. I'm just gonna say it. They're gonna win the division. They're gonna win the division. They've just got such a good lineup right now. And their starting rotation. Andy loves Freed, and there's a chance that he'll be in. He'll be pitching in, in Seattle pretty soon. Um, they've got. Uh, they got. Who was there? The, let me see the rest of this. Rotation. Strider's been awesome. Oh yeah, we were talking about Strider. Yeah, Strider is the real Soroka deal. Roca might come back. He hasn't yeah. pitched in like two years, but he was a stud when he was pitching. Yeah. You're absolutely right, everybody. Kyle Wright. Wright is solid. Yeah, I'm trying to look to see who else. Oh, Ian Anderson. Is... I was just gonna say the guy, the guy who I thought was gonna take that next step was Ian Anderson, and he didn't. But, no, um, I was gonna say like, yeah, maybe that's kind of like the weak it, link. If the Mets would have added either a bat or a legit bridge to that bullpen, I would say Atlanta's not catching them. Now it's gonna be a it's gonna be a war. I think yeah, that Charlie Morton made a good point. They, oh, good. Them, them getting the Angels closer was sneaky good. Mm-hmm. They already had a good bullpen. AJ Minter had a bad week last mm-hmm. week, but he's good. You know, he's good. And I, you know, Kenley worries you a little bit, but I bet the, if the Dodgers could have their brothers and do it over, they'd rather have Kenley now than than Kimbrel. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Kenley. I mean, Kenley worries you like if you bet and you have like. If you have the Braves run line, sometimes he screws you over because he comes in in a 5-3 game and they win 5-4 because he kind of does the tightrope dance. I think dance, this happened to me. I would say the, the Braves bullpen is better than the Met bullpen. Um, I don't know why they – I guess I only read a tweet, so I don't know if it's true or not, mm-hmm. but they said Cohen was not inter- interested in rentals, which is why he didn't – pursue jd martinez but you know just talking with Oatman, he was like i want jd martinez and you know oh pretty normal met fan i'm sure yeah. a lot of Met fans had the same thought as him and so um yeah as, so dave i heard walker bueller's hurt because he pitched two days of rest in the postseason because when max had his dead arm Bueller pitch on two days resting. You never got over. I don't know if that's true or not. Is that true? Really? That's a really, it's, really it's, interesting it's take. Whoever wrote that? that? Whoever wrote that? That was kind of yeah. there when Bueller first got on the DL in April, and wow. there were some people were like, "Yeah, it's because he never, he never f- recovered from pitching on two days rest right, for Max right. back then." But yeah. it wouldn't wow. be the dumbest bird to fly. There's and some... the thing about the Mets, and I. I agree with what you all said. Like Scherzer, when Scherzer and DeGrom are healthy, like they're awesome. Like they're going to strike out 1.3 guys every inning. And the other lineup is just going to wait and kind of 
rub their hands the first pitching change that's made. Like, oh, thank God Max is out of the game. But when they're not, when they're not healthy, then they're not. They're just kind of shells of their of their of their former selves. But you know, knock on wood for for the Met fans, like they stay healthy. I, if I had to bet, I would I would have stronger confidence in Scherzer staying healthy for the rest of the year than Degrom. But that's mm-hmm. just that's just my un, uneducated opinion. Um, but yeah, they their bullpen is a little sketchy. You know, Lugo's okay, and obviously Diaz is great, but the the bridge to Diaz, as as Cap mentioned, is something that warrants like keeping an eye on. And the fact that the Braves, whose bullpen was arguably a strength of theirs, got even stronger with the Angel closer, that kind of separates them a little bit. And I, even though the Braves are behind them in the standings, mm-hmm. they have all the head. To, they have a lot of games against each other. Right. You know, as a neutral, casual fan of baseball, I, those games will be a lot of fun yeah. to watch. I will say this with the Mets. If DeGrom and Scherzer are indeed healthy, whether it's a wild card or, or NLDS, they're going to be a tough out. I mean, those are two guys that I don't care who's in your lineup. They can shut down an all-star team. They're just that good of pitchers. So um, if the Mets are able to get into, which they'll get into the playoffs. So, but if it's an NLDS or if it's a wild card, like if they're facing the Padres in a wild card, best of three, like I mentioned before, if I have Max and DeGrom who are healthy against the Padres in a best of three series, like fuck it, I take my chances. So, you know, the Mets are that kind of live wire team that could, you know, really make some noise because of, of the top two starters if they are healthy. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Very fantastic points on all on, on this division. And so that'll be a really fun watch the rest of the way. Um, let's say in the East, in the AL East. Oh, yeah, baby. Let's do this it. This is good. So, I mean, I'm not, I, don't, I don't think the Yankees are going to have any kind of real challenge from Toronto or Tampa Bay, but I'm not going to say. I mean, there's a lot of games left. I will say there are a lot of games left. But I've told you guys. I already told you guys. You saw it on Discord too, Andy. I mean, Tampa Bay. I am not buying them at all. I just don't. They do not scare me. I am not. I'm not convinced by that lineup. I'm just not feeling it. Baltimore, on the other hand, that is an interesting team to me. They've already been making a nice run. They had a good winning streak a few, like a couple weeks back. They're a game and a half out of a playoff spot, Dave. Yeah, exactly. I think they have a real chance to make the playoffs. Like even if it's just like the the fifth wild card or whatever the new system is, they they can they can definitely do it. I think this is a very, very going to be a very, very fun watch this second half. For sure. For sure. I, I was in Baltimore two weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, for the Yankees O series, and there's juice back in Camden Yards, like That's literal great. juice. Like the fans are into it. Um, you know, back then when we went, it was literally the O's were like a bottom feeder team, and it was just all Yankee fans. Now, like the O's fans are the, the, granted Yankee fans traveled and drove us but O's O's fans are super into it and I tell you what Dave Adley Rutschman is the real fucking deal I love that um, I've seen yeah. I he has a cannon I saw him number one call a good game I saw him gun out a bunch of runners <laughs> and hit ropes all over the field yeah. he's a really good baseball player um, you know trading Trey Mancini obviously hurts but you know, they're a game and a half out they're a scrappy bunch they have a really solid bullpen they are they're they're a they're a pain in the ass baseball team. They're, they're playing really good baseball. One of their assets, and it's been an asset of theirs for a few years, is that they have a pretty good ability to hit left-handed pitching. And one of the guys that are really good at that, um, I love Santander, what he can do as well. 
Um, you look at the rest of that lineup. I mean, it's just a it's a very solid it's a very solid hitting hitting team, and they 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 what what they can do best is they can they can beat all the bad teams like Texas is they go to Texas they just they crush them today. I mean, they can they can get wins just from that, and then you know you you take your chances against the good teams. Like I just think that they're in a good spot. You know, a team like Anaheim comes to town. You can kill them. They did <laughs> pretty much beat them almost the entire series. It was not even close to some of those games. So you you look at these guys. I mean, I mentioned Santan there. He has the he's a, got the team lead in home runs. Uh, Mountcastle and Hayes, I've enjoyed and and uh, Mullins too. Cedric Mullins at center field. He's a pretty Mullins solid. Mullins is the stud. Yeah, it's a, it's a good team. I love your call. Like Rios has been a little bit tough too. He's been pretty good. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, uh, Andy, any other folks, any other teams you see that could be making a run here for a playoff spot or or what have you in the second half? In the East specifically? No, we can. We don't have to stay in the East, but certainly you can cite the East if you want. Well, the East, I wanted to see. I want to see this Baltimore Mojo. See if it can keep up. Like, yeah. I don't know much about the rotation. I their bullpen seems very good. The bullpen seems to be like the strength of their pitching staff at the moment. Um, I love Mountcastle because that name. I don't know if Fred's listening, but Mountcastle is <laughs> just like such a Game of Thrones yeah. type of name. And yeah, Cedric Mullins, obviously. I think Mullins might have been their All Star representative last year. I'm not sure, but he's yeah, he's their table setter. Yeah, I'm just conflicted with the Boom Boom Mancini trade because you know he's he was the longest tenured player. He you know the cancer scenario, the home run derby last year that Alonzo stole from him. I'm just kidding, but uh, um, oh yeah, it's just it's it's good that like last year I think they were like 51 and you know 111 or whatever, and they've already eclipsed like their win total from last year. Um, Dave, I think you're probably right with Tampa. I don't like how cat like so McClanahan. Only threw like 84 pitches in seven innings the other night. Comes out bullpen gags it. Yeah, like they're just they're, they're on brand for Tampa, but they're not on brand. If that makes sense, like they're they're the same Tampa team, but for whatever reason, it's just it's not working out for them this year. I think their lineup has a little more injuries than they're accustomed to. Um, yeah, just whatever. They, you know, Tampa and Oakland, they're not gonna be you know frisky every single year like yeah. i don't know how tampa does it sometimes you know right it's crazy 70, 72 and 47 or whatever and you look at their pitching right. stats and you're like what the what is this like no one has more than no one's pitched more than like 90 innings whatever it's crazy how they do it it's not entertaining by any stretch but i they're in good, mcclanahan's a stud he didn't have a good all-star game and he doesn't pitch well against the yankees for whatever reason but like he's he's good he's good i'm I'm not like that guy that calls dog every day, Scotty and Tampa. Like, McClanahan's the best pitcher in the AL, but he's he's up there. He's a stud, yeah. He's really good. Strikeout the walk he's, ratio and, is pretty and, impressive. And, yeah. yeah, and it's crazy. Like, they, you know, I think finally the injuries caught up to Tampa. You know, yeah. with um, you know, Glass now, obviously, Wander's been out for a while. They lost, they, they lost Nick Anderson, a lot of guys in the bullpen. And I thought, like, the year before, they lost a bunch of guys. And I thought, okay, you know, now it's going to catch up to them. And 2021 they won the freaking division but this year i mean it comes to a point where sure you have depth but after a while it, it gets tested and yeah. that's what's happening this year their lineup is not you know 
doesn't scare you by any means, and their rotation's kind of been depleted with injuries. And you know, but they're a really good franchise. Within the next two, three years, they'll probably develop another kid. Like think about the guys that develop, right? They've developed, um, not developed, but they traded for Glass now. They have McClanahan now. They had you know a million guys in the past that was able to you know be top of the rotation guys. It just that's just what they do as a franchise. This year's a down year for them. They don't scare me, you know much at all i think they have like some a decent offense i think that their rotation has been you know beat up by injuries um i don't think they're at the level they were last year or the year before by any means yeah so yeah. toronto as D- dave was never high on toronto toronto That's a good call, dave you weren't yeah. I wasn't. now toronto all of a sudden they're 13 games over 500 but they're so streaky that's a Mm-hmm. You look at them and they're like their lineup. They should be able to score like five and a half runs in their sleep and hit bombs after bombs after bombs. But they go through these stretches of games where even they lost three two today. Yep. Yeah, and it's like even Seattle swept them in like low scoring games. You're like, how does how do they get? How are they involved in so many low scoring games with that lineup? But yeah, they just get very streaky. You know, Guerrero goes through these tears and then he goes through these lumps of like nothing. Same with Boba Shett. Um, mm-hmm. I think Gosman's been okay. Probably not as good as they expected him compared to last year's Gosman when he was mm-hmm. on San Francisco. Um, you know, Berrios, Ryu's out. Like, yeah. the, their, their rotation just kind of ugh, not as – that was kind of their question mark going into the season, even with Gosman, and it just hasn't, hasn't panned through. But they're scary when they are streaking, and yeah. they're just yeah. so streaky. They're just so streaky. They have they have the names right. They have Springer. They have um, Guerrero. They have Bobuchet. They have Tiasco Hernandez. They have Matt Chapman. They have a pretty a lineup that can do some damage. But it is funny how they go in these funks and slumps, and you know that you know Yankees have played them very well this year. You know, I'm following the game today, obviously because we lost, so I want to see them lose, and they lose a close game, and they're not scoring runs. So it is. It is super weird about their ups and downs season. And I have a theory that I don't know if it's legitimate or not, but I think a lot of Boba Shett, uh, Vlad Guerrero, really good players. But I think a lot of their numbers and even like Marcus Simeon was aided by playing in a minor league ballpark for, you know, almost, you know, more than half the year, you know, like playing in that, in that, in that park in Florida, like Kyle Higashioka had a three home run game there, like balls just fly out. So I think that, that might have aided some of their numbers and they played what a hundred games there. Like I think that played a factor in, in their, you know, and especially in guys like Bichette and um, Simeon who Simeon's not having close of the year he's having. So I think that that ballpark definitely played a factor playing in a minor league ballpark for the majority of the year last year. My thought on the, on their offense is that I, I just feel like when they or like you said, they're streaky, but they also seem to do their best against the worst pitchers. Like I want to see what they can do against McClanahan. I want to see what they can do against um, against Alcantara. Like, I want if they can score twenty seven runs against them, then I think they're a real legit lineup. I don't really see that. I just think they went against freaking Boston. Andy, you saw the game twenty seven to whatever yeah, five. They got fat. They got fat against them. Mm-hmm. So, and then what happened the next? But what happened the next night is what you really want to f- think, look at. So let's go look. I'm trying to remember for myself, but Toronto won. Well, they won, but I mean, they scored. They didn't score. Okay, they won. Never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Bad call. But but you get the idea. Like I think 
they can't do that consistently enough to trust them in a playoff scenario. And yeah. when you get them against elite starters, I that's a team that I I don't really believe in. So you all right. are on the right page on the right. I think we all are on the same page on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, if they do happen to hit on a roll and it happens to be October. Right. That's when it gets really interesting. It could happen. It's all about who's playing. It's all about who's healthy and playing hot in October. So yeah. you never know. You never know. You never do. That's true. That's true. Um, okay. Anyone else we should cover? I don't really want to waste time with the. I mean, I'm sorry. This is going to sound. Do like you guys that. have McKenzie on your fantasy team? He. I'm not saying he is Pedro, but he. He his his windup reminds me of Pedro. Oh, yeah. Mackenzie Gore, the guy on the Indians. McKenzie. Oh, uh, Tristan McKenzie. Tristan yeah, McKenzie. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, it, he is. Except he doesn't have the same fastball. He's more of an off-speed no, pitcher. No, but he, <laughs> just his, his wind and, up and he's thin. Yeah, yeah. he does remind me a little bit of Pedro yeah. from his look. Yeah, his look has got the Pedro yeah. look. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I see that. He kind of even had the hair for a little bit, right? Yeah, you're yeah. right, Dave. Good call. <laughs> Too bad someone from the Central has to make the play. I know. So. A, <laughs> and bo- in both divisions too. Like I don't, I don't yeah. really care for any of the divisions, any of the NL Central teams either. I'm just like, eh. yeah. Not really there right. you go. The Cardinals. I mean, the car. Every single year, the Cardinals. I know. Eighty nine and whatever. <laughs> Eighty nine and six, six, you know, seventy or whatever. It's just. Yeah. They're just kind of same team every year. It seriously. Bunch yeah, of. You know, Arenado. He's he's a corner. You can build a team around Arenado, but. And Wainwright. I mean, Mike Wainwright and Verlander just Ageless still wonders. coming along. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I think I was in high school when Wayne Wright started. I think, like, yeah, seriously, feel like, right? it, feel like yeah. it's been that long. Seriously, no, like, man. Oh man. So um, I just graduated high school. I think when Verlander. Wow. Got involved, wow. I think, I think. Yeah. When was Verlander? When would he break out? Oh six. Oh seven. Yeah. 08? So he had the perfect maybe, game maybe around. College. Oh, that was later. I'm sorry, that was later. Yeah, I think college. it was like 2007. Yeah, because it was right around the time when the Tigers had assembled, like bought all, they had gotten all these big names for their lineup. And I think that was about the time that I remember seeing Verlander for the first time. So it's been a while. Yeah, he's been he's been. Yeah, the Tigers had Verlander, Scherzer, Jeremy Bonderman. <laughs> you know, they just, good they days. Had a good rotation. David yeah. David Price. David Price. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, this has been fun. So and I'll give it to you each of you for final thoughts, and we'll wrap it up tonight. But this has been a terrific recap, and uh, like you said, it sets up a great second half. So. Um, Cap, I'll go to you first. Uh, final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, final thoughts is this is this is fantastic. I love speaking base, talking baseball with you guys, mm-hmm. and love talking with you guys in general. Um, you know, hopefully we can do this again prior to the playoffs and yeah. kind of have a full breakdown and you know, kind of get everybody's takes there. But mm-hmm. it's always a pleasure to talk with you guys. I've known you guys for ten plus years, so it's always great to come on here and do this. And um, I'm excited for the second half. I'm hoping for good things for my team your team andy's team so hopefully things shake out where all of us are on here and i think there's a pretty damn good chance that we're all on here um before the you know the first playoff series in october talking about our team's chances in october so i'm excited to do that dave i appreciate you having me on it's a uh doing a baseball show with dave is a tradition like no other so thanks i appreciate it uh you know rest in peace finn scully absolute goat legend Mm -hmm. and i can't wait to talk to you guys on here again yeah i feel that you know it's just nice to do this again like i you know whenever we can talk baseball it's a it's a it's a gift i think and you all do such a great job covering the sport so andy i'll give it to you for final thoughts too yeah i mean just everything 
uh, that Cap said uh, in agreement. And, you know, uh, August, we still have all of August left. I know it changes a little bit when, you know, August 18th, 19th rolls around. You can smell fall in the air. But as, as Pizza Boy Portnoy says, too many people give up on August and they think summer is over. But it's August 3rd. You know, July 4th wasn't even a month ago. We, we're still in the throes of August in the mm-hmm. summer, dog days of summer. Enjoy the baseball. I and Dave, I, you know, I know you 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 really want to talk picks. And I, as Doggy says, I cannot get into the pre, I can't get into NFL players running around in shorts. That's his, <laughs> but like, I just can't get into NFL preseason. But everyone, it's still on my brain. Like, obviously, I get we're already getting like draft date is on this date. Like, your commissioner has altered the rules. The end. Get in this college pool, and it's like yes, it's it is on, it's coming, it's here, but it's still baseball. I don't. And on our text thread with uh, Ron and John yesterday, like I say it with tongue in cheek, but like uh, NFL, like NFL has so many months of the year where it's king, but like don't 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 take away like the trade deadline yesterday. Like I don't want to hear about. Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins, like it's base. Let baseball have its day. Yeah, and I don't, I don't care about Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend on August second or what Dan Jones <laughs> did in practice. Like, we're gonna have plenty of time for NFL in September. Absolutely. This is this is base. This is baseball's moment. It's the summer, and so we should treat August as it should be treated. Um, yes, and wake me up, uh, week one NFL, week zero college. I will be there, but I. I cannot get into like, I can't get into the preseason stuff or training camp. Not yet. Yeah, I I appreciate you saying that because it's honestly can I just wanted to and I was just doing it really just. I thought you guys were going to get into that, and knowing that you didn't is actually refreshing to me. And even no, John is like was not in. Was like you know you know we can wait until. We... No football, so it's such a jarring. You know how some people like can't get into baseball when everyone's bundled up wearing the hoodies. I don't care about that because it's October. But when it's NFL preseason and everyone on the sidelines is next to those huge fans, and it's like, no, no, no. I, I it's too hot for this type of yeah. stuff. You know, I, I get, get it. Into it. I'm with it. All right. So um, with that, I say good night. Um, thank you again, everybody. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, we'll we'll see you down the road. Not hopefully not too long from now. And um, well, thanks for for doing this, and um, have a great rest of your weekend. And if you have action on games and Vandals or fantasy, good luck. Yeah, take care, folks. Thanks, good. Dave. Good yeah, night, nice guys. Great talking. Yeah, good to see you. See you Bye, later. everybody. See you later, guys. Take care. That was Andy. That's that's Andy and Cap. So good to hear from them again. So that's our show. It was really fun. Hope you enjoyed it, everybody. Um, if you missed any part of it, the replay is right here on YouTube if you're watching live. Or if you aren't watching live, catch the replay also on YouTube. Or you can catch our podcast at ditcow.com. If you're listening on the podcast, you can watch the video version of our, our program at ditcow.com. I mean, at youtube.com slash ditcow. And um, ditcow football continues. And... I think in about two weeks, we're going to return to you with our college football preview show, and it should be quite an exciting time. Um, I don't have an exact date yet. Just stay tuned on Twitter, at Ditgal, for for that. But you'll be hearing from Ron in New Jersey, hopefully. You'll be hearing from John in Connecticut, and we'll have a two-part show, as we usually do, where we're going to be discussing 
some pretty awesome stuff. We have the group of five previews. We have the... I don't remember which one we did first. I think we did... I think we did the Power 5 conference previews first. And that'll be one episode. And then the next episode will be the group of five previews. Fantastic stuff. And then we'll do our, 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 our predictions for the season as well. So until then, enjoy the remainder of the baseball season. Very exciting times in this sport. I recommend checking out all the games and then getting in on the action with it, whether it's fantasy or otherwise. So uh, good night for now. I am Dave Medina. Hope you enjoyed this program. Um, and you're welcome to contact me over on Twitter at DidCal. You can always do that there. Um, and have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the remain- what's left of the summer. It's a good time out there. And we'll see you next time.